Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion, Houston Astros, simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. The game hotline is 706-0111, 706-0111. On this, funeral by suicide edition of footnotes i mean it it, i i look i've been a saints fan for a long time and my whole life and i have endured many losses and tons of heartache and had a lot of great victories and i don't know I, I I haven't really thought about it historically, like where to put last night's loss historically, but it is um it, it, it is mind boggling how they lost that game. Of course, on one way, we've seen it many times where you are dominating a game but you don't put a team away. You're dominating a game, but you don't put a team away. And the whole game, I kept saying, they refused to put this team away. They refused to put this team away. They refused to put this team away. But I don't know in all the losses that the Saints have ever had in a similar fashion that we ever had a situation where one player or coach, or whatever, member of a team, had what I would call a 100% chance to win a game, and he botched it. I I think it's the first time ever. See, there are times when you are wide open, and there's no one around you, and you have to twist your body, and you lose your footing. That happens. It's awful. Stay stay upright, Cat. Let's stay upright. But that happens. That's not a hundred percent play. It's not a hundred percent play. That it's awful, but it's not it's not a hundred percent. But when you actually catch the ball and you're running forward and you know where the first down marker is because you're not a rookie. You're like in your 12th season. And there's no one around you. That is what I call a 100% play. You cannot botch a 100% play. It's what I say about people that there, there's so many people that that get this wrong. Like when we when we talk about officials, say, 
And you say, well, how can you blame the official? The coach messed this up or the coach messed this up. Like I always say, you can't botch a not, you can't compare a 90% call to a guy not catching a ball when a when a, when a defensive back hits him or something. You can't compare. One is a competitive situation. The other one isn't near. This wasn't even a competitive situation. He was running down the field. It's a hundred percent play. Like when when you get when you get in victory offense at the end of a game. I don't even know if that's a 100% play. That's probably like a 99% play because people fumble snaps. Like, you theoretically could fumble a snap. Like, that happens every once in a while. You snap the ball and the guy fumbles it. You, 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 you miss it. You fumble the snap. That happens. I, I've joked many times before that the most athletic thing on a football field is the football. You have these million-dollar athletes, and the football is more athletic than them. But this wasn't even the football. This was an NFL running back against grass. Like, the grass beat him. Like, all he had to do was run to the left of the marker and get out of bounds. He could run the same level that he was and stretch out his hands. If he was injured, all he had to, he was he was so wide open, all he had to do was fall down, he could have rolled for the first down. That was a hundred that that play was closer to a hundred percent than a victory offense play. That play was the season's on the line. It's game seven of the NBA Finals, and everyone's on one side of the court, and Shaq's on the other side of the court, and he's got 10 seconds to figure out how to dunk the basketball. That's what that play was. And he botched it. How do you botch that play? Look. Should West Chandler have caught the ball? Yeah, he should have caught it. Yes. But guys drop passes all the time. Now, he hasn't dropped many. He's let a – they claim he has no drops. I disagree. If you have the ball in your hand and somebody hits you, unless they really, really just – you know, I, I think he's actually dropped some passes this year that he should have caught. But without any physical contact, he hadn't dropped one like that. But guys drop passes all the time. It's it's un, it's something that you hate, but it's not a hundred percent play. You still got to execute. This is an NFL running back. All he's got to do is conquer the grass in front of him. That's all he's got to do. I mean, really, he could even fall down. He could have rolled for the first down. He didn't even really have to conquer the grass. Like the grass could have beat him, and he still could have got the first down. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. Now, if you haven't seen it, he sent out a text apologizing to his coaches and his teammates and the city and the fans and all that. And and you know, it makes you, you know, it makes you realize he's human and I appreciate that he did that. But it also, him doing that, illustrates that 
the people who are really down on him and blame him are right. Like, he knows that he blew the game. He admits it. And it makes him more of a stand-up guy, but it also, it, it just, oh, it's just. Now, you can argue, why is he on the team? I agree. Shouldn't be on the team. I've been saying for almost two years, the Saints need a running back. But don't fall into that trap of comparing what he did. And by the way, the other play where he got hurt, he was terrible on that play. He should have got the first down. He had, it was a terrible effort on that play. The play where he got hurt at the, like the 11-yard line, he should have got the first down. Now, again, you could argue, you can argue that it's the coach's fault because he's on the team. It's the GM's fault because he's on the team. He should not be on the team. That is a fair argument. Yes. But when you are an NFL player and you got a 100% play, a 100% play to win a game, you got to make it. You got to make it. You, you cannot do what he did. I mean, I guess it's happened in the history of football, but I bet you can count on one hand in the history of football somebody did what he did. This was, you know, yes. Could they have converted on third and one? Yes. But how many times in the history of football has a team not converted on third and one? Like many, 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 many times. Guys, you, you, you guys don't botch plays like that. That was unbelievable. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. So you're blaming your loss on, on Mark Ingram? Well, of course it was his fault. No, well, t- uh, Taysom Hill dropped a big pass. Taysom Hill got hit. Taysom Hill. Hill. No, let, let me finish. Let got me drilled. Not a hundred percent play. The biggest pass of the game. You, you, your quarterback not, has the ball fourth and third and one. Go through a pass, uh, and then you're, not a hundred percent play. Not a hundred percent play. Uh, stop, foot, foot. Not a not, look. No, no. Million dollar man cost. He dropped a pass up the middle. In his hands, he got hit. He, he got crushed. Guys it's get crushed there. all but the anyway, time. Let me go back to five minutes, 17 seconds left in the game. You're up 16-3. You held, you held Tampa Bay back. Brady want to go for it. They overruled him, and they made him punt. Right. You get the ball almost at midfield. Right. And your offense came and moved the ball because Mark Ingram you know can't. Because that, that, that's what that's when it happened. That was Mark Ingram. They did move the football. All he had to do was get the first down. You know, y'all. This. Uh, Banks. Banks. If you're going to compare competitive situations to 100% play, then you're wrong. I mean, you can argue all you want. You're wrong. The, the, the time that Mark Ingram got hurt when, when he almost made the first down, you ended up getting the first down. No, we didn't. We, no, we kicked a field goal. Well, you kick a field goal, you got three points. He should have got but the Mark first down. The it was a terrible that effort. It was Jason a terrible Hill effort, but that was but that was not a hundred percent play. So I can give him a break that on was that. 100%. No, you had the ball. You're being no. conservative. No. Now, now look, he, now look, another thing. You 
got the ball on your the last possession. You you gain three yards on first down. You take out all your receivers. You put your full back, Taysom Hill. And I'm thinking you're running. You're going to go through a pass with no receivers in the game. Again. No, 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 no. I guess you didn't see that no. play. The coach should not lose the game. Now he made he might have made some bad decisions, but the coach uh, was never in a had had a hundred percent chance play down. to win a game. Never not not once did he have you that. You get three not yards once. on first down. You take out all your receivers. You take out you take not out Kamara. Then then you put in the fullback Jason Hill, and you run a bootleg, and you lose ten yards on a sack. That's your football game right there. No. Then the next play. No, the game the game should have been over. The game should have already been over by that point. You get the first down, you win the no, game. No, that the game should have already been over by that point. You're missing the boat. You're off base. No, you're missing, you're no I'm not missing the boat. I know what a hundred percent play is, and that was a hundred percent play, and oh, he botched no, it. No, no, no. The hundred percent play was the third and one. No, and third and ones. No, football. third and ones are, are uh, not are not any, converted any, all the time. That, 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 that agrees with you, they don't know football. No, you don't they know. Don't know you you obviously you honestly believe that third and ones are not converted all the time. It happens all the time third in almost one, every game. One, you, you got two tries at third and one. You made the, every and, third and one you went for. You ran the fullback. You got the first down. That. That, that is – 31 ones and fourth and ones are not converted all the did, time, Vance. Not like the same thing. The Super Bowl that served me a Super Bowl you can argue paper. that all you want, but you're wrong. Uh, you wrong. No. You wrong. No. Everybody else that called going to say you no. wrong, too. No. Not wrong. Everybody I spoke to is going to say you wrong. Well, then they're wrong, too. And, 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 then they're wrong, too. Taysom Hill catch that pass the ball. Taysom Hill got drilled. I wish he would have hung on to it. But that is nowhere near 100% play. You Not even a, close. You let a 45-year-old man beat you. No. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be on the radio. He, he didn't do anything. But thanks for the call. He beat you. No. No. No, 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 no. He, he didn't win. Mark Ingram beat us. No, no, yes. no, 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 no. Yes. No. Thanks for the call. Let's go uh, one more. Let's go to the game hotline, and we'll take our first time out. Hello? Hello. Hey, Kevin, how are you, buddy? Oh, not good. So, look, as a uh, Cowboys fan, I'm, I'm not here to console you, so I don't want you to think it's that kind of conversation. I just want to remind y'all, Saints fans, how y'all made fun of us a couple of years ago when we were playing in the NFC League division. Remember that? I never did that. I, I'm not a sports elitist. I don't ever play that well, game. a lot of people did. Well, they're wrong. And, uh, they're wrong to do the so. The NFC South is that division this year. That's true. The, the NFC South is absolutely trash. I mean, the Saints are absolute losers, bro. They're trash. In a division full of trash. Well, and the Cowboys should know and, it because they were that for most of the last two, three decades. But, so, I mean, but here's what I wanna, again, here's what I don't I, I don't say. play that game. I don't look down on divisions. So you're talking to the wrong person on that deal. I'm not a sports okay, elitist but, at all. But that's not the only reason I called. The other reason I called is, I'm glad this happened to y'all because it's going to break up the, you know, all these delusions and stuff, the refs and all that crying and stuff to pacify local fans. But the reality is your season ended last night. Yes. The season is over. So it's going to get It you wouldn't a have been over, though, had they won. You're right because of the division is trash. That's Correct. what I said. But, but what I want to say is now it's going to give you time to realize that Dennis Allen is not a, a good head coach. His record proves that. 
You don't have a quarterback. You're overpaid for Michael Thomas, who's never on the field. Now you have time to get all those problems fixed, and then you could be a decent team. And, and to be honest, not to just rain on your parade, because I don't think the NFC South is going to be great for a couple of years. So if you fix those problems, you might actually win the division next year. But in the meantime, I will say this. No longer the NFC lease. You have to pay the piper. They call that karma. Peace out. All right. I don't know what any of that means. Again, I, 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 I am not a sports elitist. And I don't, I don't look down on teams in winning, you know, bad divisions. I've been on the other side of that thing too many times. And so, I, I, you know, all that trash talk is, is silly to me. I, I'm not a sports elitist at all. Um, I've been in divisions that people laughed at and they, and they overachieve, and I've been in divisions that were considered the best. And then, you know, you, you, know, you, know, you know things happen and you, you know, like, again, I've, I've been in a medicine season where, where the Saints were the defending state champions. Let me state champions. Defending world champions. They won 11 games, got beat by a 7-9 team because it was a medicine season. I get all that. I, 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 don't, I don't play all that silly game. I, I'm not a sports elitist. I, I don't buy that. Don't buy that at all. All right. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back with more on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion, Houston Astros. Kevin Foote is a walking, talking encyclopedia of New Orleans Saints history. No. Seriously. After that is 2013, which I call the Forgotten Saints season because in so many people's mind, the Saints streak of good football ended with the Bounty Gate season. And it's not just recent history either. In 88, they finished 10 and 6, tied for first place in the division, did not make the playoff because they got cheated by a blind official named Fred Silver who absolutely cheated, uh, stole a game on Sunday night in a 13 to 12 loss to the Giants with his either blindness and ebbness or cheating or whatever you want to call it. I think he was just blind and senile. We return to the man who's forgotten more Saints history than you will ever know. Kevin Foote and Footnotes on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. To footnotes again, one the game 103, Lavia 1041 Lake Charles wants to set you up with tickets for a special sneak peek preview of Whitney Houston's biographical movie, I Wanna Dance with Somebody. That's right. You can see the movie before anybody else does. To do so, you simply need to text Whitney, W-H-I-T-N-E-Y to 68683. Text Whitney to 68683 to win a pair of tickets. For a sneak peek preview on December the 20th at the Celebrity Theater in Broussard. I want to dance with somebody. Sneak peek preview brought to you by A. Brian's Jewelers and the game. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Again, the game hotline is 706-0111. Unlike most days after a Saints game, it's not. It is a Tuesday, so we're not going to have entirely two open uh, hours of where you could get in. We are scheduled to interview Vermeen Catholic head football coach Brock Prejean at about ten fifteen. Talk about his state um, 
finals appearance on Thursday evening against a Watchtaw Christian. So I, other than that, though, the, the lines will be open. And um, again, we don't have to agree. There's nothing wrong with disagreeing. That's why we do this. But and it, it's a it's a it's a free country. If you want to have an opinion that's wrong, you're free to do so, and we can discuss it. But um, you know, it, it again, if you buy the idea, well, like Banks was saying that you can just as easily blame. Batman, because he dropped a pass, and I think you're missing the boat. I'm sorry. You just, yes, if Batman catches the ball, they win the game. That is true. If um, if Wes Chandler catches the ball, they win the game. If Jarvis Landry catches the ball, they win the game. All of that is true. None of those were 100% play. None of them. And I, and I just we rewatched the play, and even if he do, all he had to do was put his hands out, he'd have got the first down. It's almost like, like if you didn't know any better, it was almost like he was point shaped because it was that bad of a play. It was like, man, he's got to be point shaped. I mean, all he's got to do, well, first of all, he needs to just run past the line. But even if he doesn't want to run past the line, all, he, it was like he had to try not to get the first down on that play. I mean, it was one of the worst things I've ever seen. With a game on the line. Now, if he was like some undrafted rookie and his head was spinning, I could almost see that. But this guy, he's trying his team is trying to deliver the coup de gras with their season on the line. You can I mean, I, it it was about it's about as bad as it gets. I, that play. And again, he how often do guys send out texts and apologize? He knows what he did. At least he owned it, but don't don't. I mean, again, do it if you, if you want to call and and argue with me. That's fine, but again, don't try to compare getting crushed and the ball coming out, which happens all the time, to what Mark Ingram did on that play. That 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 was inexcusable. Again, that was worse. That was worse than fumbling a snap in a victory offense. That was worse. That was a hundred percent play. All an NFL veteran running back had to do was run a foot past the line instead of a foot. And even if he wanted to go a foot behind the line, just stick the ball out. Why would you want to run a foot behind the line? I have no idea. But stick the ball out. That's all you have to do. All right. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Uh, Good morning, Kevin. Good morning. Um, uh, I wasn't going to say, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything of, uh, <laughs> through, uh, hard, hard, you know, life lessons. I know a troll when I hear one kind of thing, but, yeah. um, the, the Cowboys are my cheaters because growing up in grade school, when they were winning Super Bowls, I wore Saints jackets and they wore Cowboy jackets and Deion Sanders and they're the best in America's team. So even though they're not divisional rivals or whatever, uh, just from a personal standpoint, having to live through that for those three Super Bowls uh, was tough, right? They're not – anyway, uh, having said all that, um, the Mark Ingram, you mentioned it going into break, the uh, wild card loss 
uh, to Seattle. Uh, things that people don't under, know or remember about that game, besides Beastquake, is that uh, there were a lot of things about that game. But one of a big thing that happened was the Saints ran out of running backs, and uh, I think it was Evans or I can't remember Julius Jones. Uh, Julius Jones was was the guy they acquired, you know, late in the season because they didn't have any running backs. And that game, I in my opinion, was why they traded up to get Mark Ingram and Ball. What a it, mistake it, it, that was. But, 100% correct. Uh, they drafted Cam Jordan first and then went back. I think they traded with the Patriots and got Mark Ingram late in the first round. And uh, Mark Ingram was the Heisman winner at one point, and that goes into uh, – There's a, that, I, I'm, I'm fully convinced that if Baker Mayfield doesn't win the Heisman, he's not a first overall pick. And uh, it's just this stupid MVP biased, you know, Finger taps to your name. But the point I'm trying to make is uh, I know you saw the game because you mentioned it uh, early in the season. The Chiefs and the Chargers played, and Justin, I call him A Bear. Justin A Bear uh, hurt his shoulder, and he, it's like third and one, do or die, fourth quarter. And he's running, and there's like no one in front of him. And the first down is right there, and the sideline is right there. And he just throws, like, barely throws the ball out of bounds with his hurt shoulder. And the next play, he throws like a 65 yard bomb for a touchdown, right? But it was that play with yeah. Ingram kind of made me think of Justin Abair running out of bounds. You know, with no one around, I don't know. And the point I'm trying to make is uh, we call Mark Ingram Superman because his first, you know, preseason camp, people couldn't believe how they've never seen a guy that could run the ball and. He's just, you know, he's unstoppable. He must be Superman, you know. And uh, <laughs> anyway, like you said, it took him four or five years to be a true running back. Yeah, and, I got uh, it. He, he signs with Baltimore, and we end up getting him last year and all that stuff. The point I'm trying uh, – a lot of this has to do with uh, – as far as uh, – in the Sean Payton era, we had a lot of success and luck with – Undrafted, you know, it was uh, Chris Ivory, two by four. These guys, Pierre Thomas, right? And whenever you say the uh, 28 and dump truck, you could be also saying like lightning and thunder, right? Like two backs that complement each other, but they're not the same. And those guys are all those type of players. So if you look at the Bucks, you know, congratulations to the GOAT, Tom Brady. If you don't think that him coming out of retirement or whatever coming back this year didn't have. It's the stats. It's the, he's a psycho. He's whatever. Uh, I love whenever you know they they don't even try to be unbiased. The the opening video montage. No, no, it, it, it's, it's all it's sick. I, I don't even watch Brady's that stuff. Career. I don't even watch I got, that. I got to look at that. Yeah. So anyway, the, it's the, awful. It's awful, and uh, I'll I'll call some other time to oh. talk about the the craziness. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's just if you don't think the NFL schedule with the Saints late, late, late. Uh, uh, bye week with the ending it with the Bucks on a Monday night away game to start your bye week. If you don't think that was uh, you know coincidence or whatever, I don't know. You know, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but whatever. All right, thanks, thanks, thanks for the call. All right, let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hey, Kevin, how you doing? Oh, hanging in. I'm trying. I'm trying to get through today. After last night, it was awful. 
Oh, I, I totally agree with you. Say what, what you're saying, especially your first two callers. The first one, don't get the hundred percent thing, and the second one with the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, the Saints have been one of the best organizations in the last fifteen years, and to compare the Cowboys and now trash talk like that. I mean, come on. Uh, the one thing I was wondering is we signed a running back. He was with Arizona off the practice squad. I seen him play maybe one play last week. I mean, why don't they have that guy in the game? You know, uh, I there, think I another... might have saw him in one play. Kind of is he the guy that I think there was one play? We know where they do that thing where they the running back or runs behind the quarterback before they snap the ball. I think he did that like once. But yeah, again, I don't know how good if he has anything left, but. Um, I mean, it, just about anybody could have made the play that Mark Ingram didn't make. Right. Now, on the third and one, I heard Dennis Allen say last night on that particular play that the play was supposed to be a pass to the fullback, which really doesn't make any sense either. But Dalton actually changed the play to the pass to Galloway. I mean, and, of course, they should have ran the ball. Hindsight's, you know, twenty twenty. I mean, they should have did that, but... I mean, there there was a bunch of plays that that could have won the game for us. But you're right about the 100% Mark Ingram play. I wouldn't personally have Mark Ingram on the team. I mean, uh, there's got to be better running backs out there. But I think he got hurt on the play before, and then they put him back in the game. So I mean, and also another thing about Cormac, when are we going to run a screen play to uh, Alvin Kamara? I mean, yeah, I wish we'd get back to the screens. I agree with you. we hadn't run a screenplay in like the last five games. I've been calling. They they actually ran one or two last night, and I was like, they finally ran a screenplay. Yes, the Saints were always known as one of the best screen uh, yes. passing teams under Sean Payton. They don't ever do it. I agree. Never. It's very frustrating. Yes. And I'm like, you know, that's another thing. But I did hear something last week that you said that I wanted to kind of go with you. You said you would rather take a veteran quarterback over one in the draft. But I think there's a, especially in the next two drafts, they're going to have a lot of good quarterbacks out there. I mean, this year they probably got three or four that are pretty good. But if you look at all the teams that are really doing well right now, Kansas City, Buffalo, they've all got their quarterback through the draft. And I really don't see any veteran free agent quarterbacks, especially with Jimmy G getting hurt. So, again. so who who do you want, Zach Wilson? I would go for the guy from Kentucky. I think his name is Willis, maybe. Um, yeah, but I mean, for as far as drafting, I don't see any free agent quarterbacks. I mean, who are you going to go get? Aaron Rodgers? They're going to want a ton for him. He's because he's 38 years old, 39 years old. I mean, what other free agent quarterback would be, you know, I mean, I would be willing to draft a quarterback next year, you know, try to get a number one pick because we don't have a number one pick. Hopefully we can get one from, from the Sean Payton deal. And, hey, you know, I'd be even willing to trade one of our he, Here's what I don't want to do. I don't want to draft a third-round quarterback in the first round because you want a quarterback. That's what happens the majority of the time. Now, but I'm not I, saying there okay. aren't any special guys, but normally the special guys you got to get early unless you get lucky with a Josh Allen, a guy who's high, who's not highly uh, ranked. Yeah, but there, there's like there's a guy from Alabama, of course. 
Uh, I don't think the guy from USC is a uh, is this year, but there's a guy from Kentucky. The guy from Georgia, I'm sure he's coming out yeah, because he's, he's been in the system for like six years. Yeah, Although I'm not too high yeah, on, to be I, honest with you. Again, I do I, like the guy from t- Kentucky, though. Uh, the guy from Ohio State, he's pretty good. The guy from Tennessee, he's not bad. So I would I would draft one of those guys if we can get a number one pick. And sitting behind, I would go with, well, either Jameis or Andy, but not both of them. And uh, I know a lot of people would say it's kind of blasphemous, but if Sean Payton does go somewhere, let's say he goes to San Diego, Carolina, one of these teams, hey, trade Taysom Hill to him. He loves Taysom Hill. Maybe he'll give us a number one for him. <laughs> All righty, sir. Anyway, I appreciate thanks, the call. Man. Thank you. Yes. Look, I'm not saying it's impossible to rookie thing can work, but I'm just – I have always been against rookie quarterbacks. I just don't want any part of it unless you get a really special one. I I don't think all these guys are going to be as as good as people think. I mean, it just doesn't work that way. Like, they all thought Sam Darnold was going to be good and Baker Mayfield was going to be good. And, yeah, Mahomes has turned out good. And, yeah, Josh Allen has turned out good. But Rosen stinks. You know, everyone's high on Justin Fields, and I think Justin Fields is a great athlete. He can really run the football. But he, he can't – can he throw – is he ever really going to be able to throw and you can't really judge him because he's in a bad offense, and I understand that. But, man, I just I, – I, look, John is not alone. A lot of people agree with him. All right, we'll take a timeout overdue. We'll come back with more on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. Welcome back. Not even the Jackson 5 can do it for me today. Welcome back to the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. You're home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Want to remind you about the Christmas comes early sweepstakes where you could win a $500 Visa gift card. If you're a Saints fan that's crushed in funeral mode like I am today, um, you know, this would be a great way to make you feel a lot better christmas come early sweepstakes presented by armentar jewelers all you have to do to enter is be a part of the game rewards club by going to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com that puts you in position for a 500 visa gift card again thanks to armentar jewelers and the game 1037 lafayette 1041 lake charles southwest louisiana's sports station all right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Foot. Yes, sir. Yeah, it's good talking to you here. Man, I don't know how um, uh, whenever, especially games like this, when, when, when Banks know you're going to really be upset, he's the first caller. He oh, just yeah. gets to be the first every time. Yes, because they, he just calls really the antagonist, <laughs> and understand. that's basically it. <laughs> so it's no way that he can't see what you're saying. Um, I'm sitting down watching the game with my 87 year old mother in law, and when 
when Ingram steps out, she say, what is he doing? It's like, she, you know, talking about what people don't know football, whoever's agreeing with him now, let's, 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 put, let's put it another way. Since he feels like that Ingram didn't lose the game, maybe he didn't lose the game, but he could have won the game. Right. He had, he had the best opportunity a, to win the game, and he did not he get it done. won yeah. the game had he done what he was supposed to do. Yes. Now, and another thing, when they, when, when the, the, the bad worst, for me, too, the part about the pass foot, they took all the receivers out. All three, because the announcer said it, that, that Landry, Alave, and I don't know who else, had gone to the sidelines. So it's like, well, we know we're running it. We put Trevor Penning in. We must be about to run the ball to get this one yard. And you throw a pass. That, that, that was the craziest thing to well, me. Well, they supposedly, and I didn't hear this, but someone called earlier and said that when they asked Dennis Allen about that, he said the pa- it was actually going to be a pass play to the fullback, which a lot of people throw to the fullback in that situation. And uh, Dalton changed it to um, – to, and look, it's not like the play that they ran never works. I mean, the Saints have a tough time de- defending that play. It just – it certainly didn't work that time. And look, I, I like running the football as much or more than anyone. But the bottom line is, in the last month, the Saints have run, have run the ball worse than they have at any stretch in this entire century. You got to go back to Mike Ditka since the Saints have run the ball for as few yards as they have in the last four year, four games. So for anyone to to not understand why they don't have confidence in the running game, you just haven't been paying attention. Now, I still probably would have run it, but I certainly understand them not having any confidence in the running game right now against yeah. an elite rushing defense. Yeah, but and, and the thing is, one thing that you've been saying, even if I mean, down there, Batman got to be in the ball, in the yes, game. Got to be, yes, I agree. How can Batman not be in the I, game? I, I, I agree. When we need one yard, I agree. It, it makes no sense. And the only other thing I want to say, and this has nothing to do with that game, and this is not the first time somebody has said that with uh, Justin Herbert, they call him a bear. They need to understand there is an aura in yeah. his name. Yes, it's not a it, yeah yes it's not Hebert it's a it's Herbert yes it's it's a bear yeah no I you're mean, right it's Herbert Justin you, Herbert yeah you're right so, and you're you, right a lot of people say that and I'm saying what what are they not seeing <laughs> that there's an aura there so if yes. there's an aura there it's Herbert it's not yes. a bear right correct <laughs> so but all I can tell you is look. I, I fell for you because I mean I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Saints fan, season ticket holder, but I just don't I don't feel like you feel. I I I, I, I'm, I felt I fell for you because I was mad. Oh, that was awful. <laughs> it was really bad, but it's like golly, because because it, you 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 dominated. Yeah, you dominated, you dominated the game and, did, and just didn't put them away, and then you had a chance to put them away on a hundred percent play, and the cat botches it. It's unbelievable. Yeah. I appreciate the yeah. call, sir. Thank you very much. Great hearing from you. Uh, bye bye. Let's go back to the game hotline. Hello. Hello. Good. Yes, sir. All right. Well, let me help you out here. You do have some right on when you look at the uh, Mark Ingram thing, bro. But you got to understand something. It's a lot of things from the beginning that led up to all of that 
of this loss from beginning to the end of the game. He does play two parts in this. But remember, this is a team game for it. And well, that's one thing again, you can but uh, I mean, I, it's a team game, but, like, one guy can still botch your chance of winning. I mean, uh, that, that, uh, that that's a misuse of the statement it's a team game. Uh, but, uh, but hold up now. Let me, let me help you out here in a quick way. Now, that is true when it comes to that third and one, whether you we get that first down or not, you run the clock out. You run that clock out. There's drops. I get it. Even with the Taysom Hill, I get it. I don't expect Taysom Hill to hold on to that ball with that collision because he's not a receiver first. And it's hard for a receiver to do it. So <clears throat> I, I can understand. But should he have held it? Yes, but that's hard to say because he took a collision of a hit. That was like three guys around him. So I can understand. I give that a 50-50. Mark Ingram should have made those first downs. Yes. Big man about sitting up here saying he botched that. Get it. But what people's letting off the hook, and I had this debate last night with some LSU buddies of mine, and I know one of the listeners right now, Nick. Nobody want to really put the spotlight in there, putting shade on this Jarvis Landry showboat. I don't like showboats. He had a chance to catch that, but he was being too much of a showboat like Odell, one to catch with one hand. Yeah, he, that, he that should have caught that. Hands. Yeah, absolutely. Two yes. hands. Yes, I agree. And everybody's overlooking that. That changes the atmosphere in that building and the momentum. And it's like we really put that other team. Look, in the if he catches that friends. ball, they win the game. If Wes Chandler, Chris Olave catches the ball, they win the game. If if um, if Taysom catches the ball, Batman, they win the game. But again, exactly. but none of those were. Showboat. Some of those were close to a hundred percent. Like the Chris Olave was close to a hundred percent, but it's not a hundred percent. Mark Ingram's was a hundred percent chance to win the game. You cannot botch okay. that. Jarvis Landry was a walk-in. Easy. Two hands, walk-in, touchdown. Now we playing behind the power curtain, trying all, to at least get a field that's, goal. That's and all true. Of, you know that's we playing true. against the refs. We playing against Tom Cheating Brady. The elements, the odds against us. We know that. You can't go out there showboating and make any mistakes. You put the dagger in them. And we kept them in the game, hanging around for too long. And I just definitely want to say, that dog on Jarvis Landry, that, I don't like showboats. That's why I don't like LSU players. And them Odell's. They shouldn't be on the team. I'm like Sean Payton. Go back to Ohio State. I had to say that because nobody blaming Jarvis Landry for that showboating. I don't I don't like that. That's elitist, whatever you want to call it. But that's two hands. I don't have time for showboating. Celebrate later, but not while you're trying to catch the ball. That's all I got to say, Foot. All right. Have a good one. Thank you. Uh, all right. We'll take a timeout, come back, finish out the first hour next on the game. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you, the World Cup is not over yet. If you still want to watch all the exciting action, you can go to Delta Media, Telemundo, Lafayette, over the air, KLWB Channel 50.3, or Cox Channel 19. For our Lake Charles listeners, World Cup fans can watch on Telemundo Lake Charles, free over the air on Channel 19. Point two or suddenly channel 137. That's World Cup action on Delta Media. There's so many things that is so awful about last night's loss. And one of them is, and you know me, I'm not an Andy Dalton guy. I haven't been from day one. I wasn't happy the day they signed him. I wasn't. Now, again, I was happy that they got a veteran backup because I believe in that. And he's shown the wisdom of that. But I'm not an I was not an Andy Dalton guy. Last night was Andy Dalton's best game to me. 
as a member of the Saints. And they still lost. I mean, it's just... I thought it was the best that he's played since he's been in New Orleans. And 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 Mark Ingram can't make 100% play to win a game. Unbelievable. Just unbelievable. And, and again, the sad part about it is these last two games were the close... The, they, I, I didn't, I still didn't like the way they defended the run last night. They gave up way, they still given up way too many six and seven yard runs on first down. They, that happens way too often. Get given up six or seven on the ground on first down. But these last two games, they came, they were closer to looking like a real football team as they have. Other than that Raider game, which I don't count, um, all year really. And, and and I think they were so close to if they could have just won last night's game, if Ingram would have just run for a first down when it was there, and they win the game and 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 get healthy, they 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 were starting to look like a real football team. I thought even the safeties didn't play that bad last night. I mean, I even saw Tyron Matthew hit someone last night for the first time all season. He hit someone. So they were so close, and now it's just all gone. It's just all gone because the grass won. We'll be back with another hour. Stay tuned. Broadcasting live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette. Two hours of sports talk like none other. Footnotes with your host, Kevin Foote. Welcome into Footnotes. Kevin Foote on the game, as we said on this funeral by suicide edition of Footnotes. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros. The game hotline is 706-0111. Just awful. I mean, just a terrible loss. And most of the conversation is, you know, how much to blame this guy or that guy. and I don't know in time that's going to change. I mean, um, you know, I I think um, Superman's going to be the goat of this loss when we, when we go, look back on this game 20 years from now, no question in my mind, and he is now and he will be 20 years from now. Now, I got to admit, again, seeing that, you know, I was going to – I was so angry at him last night. I I I think they should have released him, cut him from the team before they even got um, as soon as that happened. Um, but and you know, seeing that the tweet that he sent out where he kind of took responsibility, it's amazing what that does. It just it just makes it a little better. It makes them human, and that's why I don't understand why more people, when they mess up, just admit it and ask for forgiveness. Even people who are as mad as I was and still mad as I am at him, and, and again, I'm not happy with his whole career. You know, Armand went over some of that. I mean, we had to hear all that garbage about how great he was when it started. Then it took him three years to become – it took him three years to break one tackle. Like, he was terrible. And they told me how great he was and that kid could do. I'm like, why? That's why I game two. I was like, why, why do we even need an offensive line with this guy? 
He's so good. He could just jump over everybody. And it, it took him three years before he broke his first tackle in the NFL. He was terrible. And then finally he becomes a pretty good NFL player on a really good offense. And he thinks he's way better than he is. And him and his stupid agent, they go over to, to the Ravens because they thought that they were better than they really were. And he didn't hardly get any offers. So he goes to the Ravens for less money. And then he comes back and all he is is hurt. And he was the one that started this stupid season by fumbling inside the 10 against the Yucks at home. He's the one started all this stupid fumbling turnover awful season. And then he's hurt like he always is, and then he pulls this stuff last night. Oh, just, just unbelievable. That guy, his entire career has just been so frustrating. I mean, what a mistake it was to draft that guy. And then, but again, it just makes, I don't know. You know, I was about to say, I don't even want him in the Saints Hall of Fame. I don't want to hear it all that. And I really don't because to me it's frustrating. His season, his entire career has just been total disappointment. But it just makes you feel a little better when they at least, when he does what he did, was a stand-up guy. It's just awful. Now, the other thing I want to comment before we get back to the game hotline, and, and we talked about this before. And I don't know how old it was, the the um, cowboy fan who called last hour with his smart aleck remarks. Um, again, for all of you who were younger and maybe even older and just have bad memories or a lack of perspective, it's, it's your fault. Like, it, when I say you are, it's like maybe not be you – exactly cow the you know the cowboy fan but it's it's the cowboy fans fault like most of you are cowboy fans some of you are legitimate cowboy fans probably most of you are cowboy fans just because you you like you want to like the winner you don't want to you know you, you chose to like a team that was on top the flashy you chose the fancy toy the silver spoon approach that's most fans in Louisiana are like that and so, uh, that are Cowboy fans. Now, you know, Texas and Louisiana are real close together, so some people are probably legitimate Cowboy fans more than, like, legitimate Patriot fans or whatever. But the point I'm getting to is all through the 70s and 80s and 90s, the reason why Saints fans hate the Cowboys so much is because the Cowboy fan looked down on them and talked trash and ridiculed the Saints forever. So, I mean, it's just the ultimate in hypocrisy that because the Cowboys went downhill for so long and the Saints had a couple decades of of success better than the Cowboys, that Cowboy fans would, would get mad at Saints fans and talk trash to Saints fans and get and 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 get all uh angry because Saints fans talk trash to them. When the reason why they do it is because you did it for three decades. And again, I, for most of the 70s, 80s, and 90s, I, I didn't pull for them against the Saints, but I, I was pro-Cowboys. I pulled for the Cowboys. Most of my, most of my non, my favorite players of all time that are not Saints, 
or either Cowboys or Dolphins. So I don't hate the Cowboys like most Saints fans, but I totally get why they do because either you or other Cowboy fans like you are the reason why that's the case. So don't come to me with all of this craziness junk, trash talk, because you're bitter because you had to take it for two decades when Saints fans had to take it for the three decades before that. It's your fault, Cowboy fan. So just get out of here with all that junk. That is so small-minded and lack of perspective and lack of historical content. Uh, Just no perspective whatsoever. It's awful. It's stupid is what it is. And again, I don't hate the Cowboys. Now, the minute that they got Stalin as their coach, I'm like, this is that's despicable. Can't get Stalin as your coach. I never rooted for them again unless somehow it helped the Saints. And I don't care what they do. I don't know who they're playing the week. I mean, I you know, I, I, I they're like everybody else. But I mean, that that whole Saint Cowboy fan don't like the Saints fan thing. That is just the ultimate in stupidity and hypocrisy and a complete lack of historical perspective. And if, look, if you're a Cowboy fan that doesn't do that, I'm not talking about you. And again, I don't hate the Cowboys like most Saints fans do. But uh, let's have a little perspective here. All right, let's go to the game hotline. Hello. Thank you. Man, you're just bringing me back to my childhood, bro. It takes more fortitude or, you know, guts to wear Saints paraphernalia when you were when I was younger than the people walking around in Cowboys starter jackets and look at me, I'm hot stuff. And, yeah, you know, it's just, yeah, this is, get out of here with that. For most of them, hey, it's just a lack of um, sports character, I would call it. Oh, yeah. yeah you see ahead. that in uh, Cowboys and 49ers yeah. stuff all over the place. It's just like, come on, man. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, don't forget about Mark Ingram fumbling against Seattle in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. What was it, 13? Oh, I didn't forget. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, hey, man. You know, I wish Todd Bowles would have listened to the GOAT, bro. I wish Todd Bowles would have said, okay, Tom Brady, keep that offense out on the field. Fourth, going for it on fourth and, what, 10? Yeah, but they might have got it. There I think was it was no fourth. way they were going to complete that. Well, it is possible. And, it's possible, but they had zero momentum on their side. I agree, but see, I didn't realize that Mark Ingram was going to run out of bounds. So, I mean, at the time, I was actually very happy to get the ball back. Not that the Saints could really run the ball, but the offense had moved the ball pretty con- – from the fir- from the second drive of the game on, the offense moved the ball pretty consistent. I mean, again, they – I know everyone is, you know, down on the Saints and the coaching and all that, but I, I think they've done a pretty good job against some really good defenses of moving the ball in the last month without any running game at all. Like yeah, dude. they they've had they've they've had a beat up offensive line and no running game at all, and they found a way to move the ball against some pretty good defenses. Now, I believe had they won the game that they were about to, like if when they played the Falcons, I think they would have run the ball for the first time and maybe even a little bit against uh, the Arnolds. But 
Um, but they've been playing elite, aggressive run defenses, and they are not 100% on the offensive line, and they haven't been able to run the ball. Yeah. But they were hey. about to, I think. It was just it was so close to being a real football team down the stretch, and now it's all over. It, 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 yeah. It's it was just, I, I really sat there stunned that he did not pick up the first down. Uh, like, it, I was it, quiet. It, I couldn't, you know. I just could not believe. I mean, there's no way Alvin Maxson doesn't make that play. There's no way Wayne Wilson doesn't make that play. There's no way Bill Butler doesn't make that play. Anybody makes that play. Anybody. Any NFL running back makes that play. And he couldn't make that play. It's, it's, I don't know. He should be, oh, he should be ashamed of himself for for doing that Anyways, well, he knows, and he admitted the it. They just need to. Right. I just don't want to ever see him play football again. I don't want to ever see him play yeah, football. Yeah, I think he's done. Yeah. Speaking of done, is it just me, or does Alvin Kamara look like he's on the verge of being done? Alvin Kamara. Like, I know he doesn't play well against the Bucks. Yes. I know you're going you to say that. Yeah. But he he has had way better games against the Bucks than what he showed last night. He is. Not, I think he is a seven-on-seven seven football player. I've been telling well, you all that, that all season. But like, he, he has shown he, nothing over. He does not. He, almost he, this he, whole season, he had one. He he and, he ran hard on one play last night. He does not run hard consistently. Like the only good game he really had was against Oakland, which was like uh, you know a unicorn or whatever. But like, he hasn't looked good all season, dude. I think. And, like, he's getting suspended next year. I just – this feels like it's heading towards a bad, you know. Well, you know, in hindsight, we thought it was good news, but it was bad news. I wish he'd have got suspended this year because he hasn't – like you said, he hasn't had – he hasn't done anything this year. He doesn't consistently run hard. And as it turned out, it would have been better for him to get suspended this year. But you never know. I mean, on on the other side of the fence, you don't you, – you're optimistic and you hope things can go good and, and – just didn't. But it's just like they've been putting the the weight of the running back like on his shoulders for two years, and he's not that kind and of player, I, right? He's not he, that, and it feels like he's, he's worn out, man. <laughs> he's a seven on seven football player, and they 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 should have treated him that way. One All more right. thing, just okay. one last thing. Okay, if you don't mind, uh, like the only positive I took out of that game is Rashid Shaheed, bro. I think that dude's our future like number two wide receiver. Man, he looks so good. And they, and they had used him at least a little last night, but not still not enough for me. No, he looked. I I, I can't believe how good he looks. Yeah, no, he he, yeah, he, he mean, looks I, tremendous. The future looks bright with him in the lobby. Anyways, you're thank right. You. Thank you. Although they both need to eat some rice and gravy. Uh, they they both way too skinny. All right, let's one more. Uh, we'll go to the game hotline. Hello. It's not even worth talking about the Ingram thing because if if you don't get it by now. You know, there's no use in explaining it. If he makes the yard, they win the game. He didn't make the yard, they lose the game. Like, that's the bottom line. So, that's that's not even why, why, why I called. It's, Dennis Allen's not a head coach, Kev. Like, it, I, I don't – I know that you're saying that he's doing a good job and all that. His post-game press conference was embarrassing. I, he showed no fire. It was like – it was too much – there's a certain level of coach speak that you expect from these coaches. It was all coach speak. After what just transpired, for me, the worst loss of that I can ever remember, probably the worst loss regular season-wise, 
in the history of the franchise. And this dude is giving us nothing but coach speak. Like, we missed a few opportunities to put it away. Well, yeah. Like, that's what happened. Like, can you show me some fire? Can you show me that you care? Can you show me that you want to be here and that you're, you, you're effective and that you can lead these guys? I mean, this year is over, but if you're bringing them back next year, show me that we have a chance and that you care and that next year is not going to be like this year. And from what I've seen, that, that's not the case for me. Uh, I, again, I, um, I said it a couple weeks ago when we were discussing him. It, it's hard for me to believe that he's that clueless, but maybe he is. Maybe he is that clueless. And right at this point, you have to trust the guys like Cameron Jordan, who have been around forever and knows what, what it's supposed to look like, to tell Mickey Loomis and um, Gail Benson that, that he's just that clueless. But the problem is... He obviously isn't that clueless as a defensive coordinator because they he was with them forever, and I'm sure they respect him. I, I just, I mean, how can you be that clueless? I just don't get it. I, it's just, it just doesn't add up. Something doesn't add up. For me, it's not even about like on the field stuff, like play calling or decision making. Like all that's been bad, 100. percent That's been bad. I, I'm just talking about the way he carries himself, especially after a, a, a night like last night where. You, you, so many things have to go wrong for you to lose that game, and they all did. Yes. And then you just stand up there and give us this generic coach speech. Almost, you couldn't even tell that the Saints had lost the game by the way he was talking. It's, it's about being a leader. I mean, you it want was, him to be. You, you couldn't I, know if he was right. dead one or lost. It's pretty obvious he has zero ability to be a dynamic leader. You're correct about that. So, so then I know that it's unorthodox to be one and done. You got to give a coach couple of years or whatever but like sometimes you can be one and done sometimes you can look at a situation and go this is not working out i think coincidentally it was happening in denver i think that guy's gone i think that guy's 100 percent gone i think dennis allen needs to be gone too we gave him a shot it didn't work this idea that we needed to keep everything the same and keep this continuity and that was going to work clearly that was wrong so we need to go the exact opposite direction no more continuity clean house and it starts with that thank you foot Thanks. I um. I I think Dennis Allen has proven to be very different than Casper the Quitter, personality wise. Like he's not. To Nick's point, he's almost comatose. Like he he doesn't make emotional decisions in games. Like he doesn't challenge a bunch of plays because he's mad, which we hated. Um, he doesn't just waste a bunch of timeouts. Uh, sometimes he goes the other direction. Um, so he's very different in how he leads and, uh, and, and manages a game than Casper the quitter. But, man, in terms of being a dynamic leader, he's the opposite, too. He is a dud as a leader, at least from what we can see. I, I, I mean, I can't argue that. I don't think you can argue that. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll be back with... For me and Catholic head football coach Brock Prejean next. Stay tuned. Are you fluent in Footlish? Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. The cheaters. Cheaters. The famed hated rival that beat the New Orleans Saints and others so many times in the 80s and 90s by cheating. Also known as the San Francisco 49ers. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foote and Footnotes. 
Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foote. want to remind you, you can listen to all your Christmas favorites or local Cajun Christmas songs on the Louisiana Christmas Channel. Nonstop Christmas music 24-7. You can listen live on LAChristmasChannel.com or download your free mobile app on both Apple and Android devices and listen on your Amazon Alexa. Holiday cheer, which if you're a Saints fan right now, you need it tremendously with the Louisiana Christmas Channel. All right, we have with us Vermeen Catholic head football coach Brock Prejean. And, Coach, we apologize. We got out of hand. We're in mourning right now as Saints fans, and so it, 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 we kind of went a little long with that last segment. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'll, uh, I promise not to bring up being a, a Brady fan. Oh, man, I used to like you so much. Yeah. Um, uh, all right, so we, we're going to strictly talk about high school football then. I mean, what a great matchup and – you want to talk about opening up some old wounds, and I know it's about this year's team, but it's not this game, at least for me, the way I look, it's not. It's more than just this year's game. Am I looking at this wrong? Uh, you know, that that game a couple years ago was, was one of the greatest games I've been a part of. You know, we obviously didn't come out on the right end of it, but, uh, you know, it's a credit to Watchdog Christian, but uh, – you know, there were, there really hadn't been a lot of talk in that locker room about about this game. I think we're a different team, and they're they're definitely a way different team. So, uh, you know, it, it's twenty twenty two, and that's how we're going to approach it. So, um, like, are the teams like y'all seem like y'all are quite a bit different? Y'all were way more just total pass heavy with a with an elite high school quarterback and some great receivers, and y'all have changed. How much have they changed since that game? You know, Coach Coach Fitz does a good job of 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 working with his personnel, and I think we we do the same. You know, I'd like to think we still have an elite high school quarterback. It just he just goes about his business a little differently. Um, they're 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 big. You know, they're they're solid and they're and they're well coached, and and that's one thing that hasn't changed about them. So uh, it's going to be a tremendous challenge. Oh, there's no question you have an elite quarterback, but it it just seems like you're not as dependent on having to throw for 300 yards against good teams to. And uh, in that game, like it seemed like it was what uh, thirty something to thirty something, forty something to forty something. It was like yeah, I believe it was thirty six, thirty four was that final. I um, and if somebody scores thirty four points on your defense this year, I'll be surprised. Yeah, we you know we're gonna need the defense to continue being who they they've been all all year long. You know, consistently week after week. Um, and and we're they're looking forward to that challenge. I know that. All right, so tell us last week you played a running back. I had never seen him, but I heard a lot about him. Tell us about him, and what did y'all do that that allowed y'all to be so effective against him? You know, that, that that's a kid we joked all week. You know, our kids are going to be juniors and seniors in college, turning on college football Saturday, and, and you're going to see this kid doing special things, Mr. Harlan Berry. He's a heck of an athlete. He's going to be a heck of a recruit. Um, but we just played team defense. You know, guys stayed in their fits. They stayed in their run lanes. I thought our defensive ends did an unbelievable job of, of making sure he had no choice but to turn it turn it back into our linebackers. And uh, we were able to mitigate a, a lot of what he's, uh, you know, been able to do over the past couple of years. So I'm incredibly proud of that effort to hold a kid like that to 60 yards. Uh, definitely speaks to Coach Wiggins and the game plan he put, put together. You know, it kind of reminds me that sentiment that you gave um, – 
uh, Etienne, who's now you know becoming a really good running back at, for the Jacksonville Jaguars and had a great All-American career at Clemson. I can remember him playing against Kaplan and Kaplan just totally shutting him down. It's funny and it just goes to the you know it's a, obviously it's a team game and it kind of goes to that. But those are fun memories to be able to have against elite athletes. Oh, it is, and you know football is such a team sport and. And you preach that, and whenever you get to see it come to fruition on a Friday night, and, and realize that eleven or eleven together are, are, are more more important and, and more uh, more capable than just one, uh, it, it's really neat to see. Now, playing on Thursday is that any kind of a disadvantage, or have y'all done that enough? And and the stakes are so high, it wouldn't matter what day you play. Yeah, no, we uh, it's a state championship. We play it today if they give us the opportunity. <laughs> Um, we're just we're we're blessed and fortunate to be there. So, you know, we we came up on Sunday. The diocese was able to uh, grant us permission to uh, to meet with the kids on Sunday and start putting in the game plan. Um, but everything else, we're just treating like a normal week. We'll load that bus on a uh, on 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 Thursday and go play a kind of a neutral road game, so to speak. So, what is it that? And again, we're speaking with me and Catholic head football coach Brock Prejean. What is it that? Uh, what y'all Christian does best that y'all have to try to limit? Like, what what has kind of been their bell cow uh, attribute to their team? Yeah, you know, offensively, Graves has been their quarterback. Uh, you know, he even even when Herring was there a couple years ago, Graves got some starts when Herring was injured. So he's been doing it for a long time. Um, they they have answers to a lot of uh, a lot of the tests, but you know, on every play, uh, they'll they'll put you know they have they have built in passes in their run game. Uh, and he's he's been doing it so long. I think I, saw, I read this week he uh, clips 106 touchdowns, you know, responsible in his career. So obviously it's a kid that's that's very well versed in his offense and does a great job of running it. You know, if you stack the box, he's going to pull it and throw throw the slip, throw vertical, throw a slant, things like that. So that's going to be a challenge um, on defense. Again, they they have some guys that have been doing it a while. You know, it's 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 funny to think that a couple years ago they were young. Uh, but they were, and then those guys are seniors now, and they're seniors with a with a, a little bit of motivation. You know, they've been this will be their their fourth consecutive state championship, but they've lost the last two, and I know that that leaves a sour taste in their mouth, and and we want to make sure that you know they don't get to rinse their mouth out with with us. All right, so playing in the dome, you know, I, I've seen teams where they just didn't seem comfortable and they didn't they weren't themselves how worried are you about just not being yourself because you're playing in the superdome and not on a high school field where, where the kids are much more familiar with yeah um i'm not not with this group uh, i think it's something you think about as a coach obviously and something you want to prepare your kids for but you know the the more impressive thing about thirteen and zero this year is, is is not really that that zero. It's just the consistency and the maturity the kids have had throughout the process. There's been a lot of weeks where, you know, uh, a lesser a lesser mature team would have struggled to stay concentrated and focused. But the the product our kids have continued to put on the field has been uh, tremendous and has been impressive. So I don't expect any of that um, to trickle in. I think they they you know there, there's motivation in this game. There's, there's no doubt it's a state championship game, but uh, I think our guys have, have shown that they're able to be mature and level-headed in those big moments, and I don't expect anything different. I know a lot of teams, and, and, and you know, you're a Class 1A team, so that happens more at Class 1A level than it does at the higher levels, but 
Um, a lot of teams, even in 5A, you know, start playing a little more guys both ways as it get the weather gets colder. Playing indoors is is do you kind of is that is that an opportunity to even do more of that than you normally would or not really? Well, you know, we 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 preached a few weeks back. You know, we went into those last those final district games that we were kind of burning the ship, so to speak, and 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 that meant everything was on the table for us. Um, we want to make sure we put the best guys in the best positions to make the best plays, and and whatever that means, you know, we've addressed some stuff on special teams. We've we've kind of started to uh, import some of some of our our more talented guys there, and and uh, get some guys some opportunities on offense that haven't necessarily been getting them uh, early in the season, and, and vice versa. So, uh, yeah, you know, any, any and everything's on the table at this point. You know, we think our conditioning is is, is very good. I think it's been great all year. Uh, so, you know, from an element standpoint, yeah, you can't ask for better than 72 degrees air conditioned, uh, you know, indoors. So uh, we'll, we'll see who puts us in the best positions. You brought up a, th- uh, a thing that I wasn't necessarily going to ask you, but it's a it's a I've seen many football games, including state championships, decided with breakdowns on the special team. How, how would you compare uh, kind of in contrast the special teams from what you've seen on film with a Washtenaw Christian as well as what you've done this season? Yeah, it's something, uh, you know, there was some growth, uh, you know, in, in assessing who we were a couple of years ago. It was something I, I felt like we could do better. Um, I was impressed with Watchtower Christian a few years ago on special teams and how much attention they paid to it. Um, and then so in the back of my mind and in the back of our coaching staff's mind all year, it's something that we knew we had to grow in and get better and better as we've gone. And, and I think Coach Jeffrey Stevens taking over as our special teams coordinator has done a tremendous job of doing that and getting buy-in. Uh, helping the kids understand that in a game like this, um, you know, that, that, that one play on special teams could be uh, as crucial as it gets. You date back to, you know, 2003, it was a, it was a, a you know, a, a bad snap and a knee on the ground that ended up doing it for us against Kentwood. So uh, we know that special teams is a highlighted portion of this game. Now, is that more from what you were talking about or watched Christian a couple of years ago? Was that more in the c- coverage game or wh- where, where did it really kind of come to fruition? Well, you know, they had to, they had designed schemes for, you know, kind of everything we did, and they were able to block a punt, uh, which I think, you know, gave them a substantial amount of momentum late in the game. And, uh, you know, we just want to make sure that we're sound. Um, we understand our technique. We understand what we're trying to accomplish on each of those special teams and that we impact the game on the special team. You know, you want, you want to make a splash play on special teams, whether that's flipping the field, uh, you know, forcing a turnover, or, uh, you know, finding something, finding a weakness somewhere. But we, we definitely want to – we want to make sure our special teams are, are up to par with theirs. All right, Coach, we appreciate your time once again, and congratulations on a tremendous season. But I know y'all have got one more game in mind, and if y'all can win this one, man, it will go down as one of the great seasons in the history of Acadiana area high school football, I believe. So congratulations and good luck on Thursday. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate it. All right. Again, for me and Catholic head Football coach Brock Prejean, his Screaming Eagles have done a great job, undefeated, and they're playing in a Washtenaw Christian team. Like he said, they, they success is not new to them. Like, you know, they they are used to being here, but they have, as he said, lost the last couple years. And so uh, I'm sure they're going to be extra hungry, as will VC. A lot of great matchups, and that's going to be one of them, 7 o'clock Thursday in the Superdome for the select division four state championship. We'll take a timeout, come back with more on the game. Are you fluent in footlish? 
Not to worry. We're here to help with the Footlish Dictionary. Z28. Z28. Now, a running back with great speed and start and go ability, like a Chevy Camaro that plays for the New Orleans Saints, also known as Alvin Camara. Now, back to the man with his very own language. Kevin Foot and Footnotes. Welcome back to Footnotes, Kevin Foot on the game. Want to remind you, if you are looking for a great stocking stuffer or just need an evening out to decompress after a long football season or just a long fall period and uh, the holiday hustle and bustle is already getting you down, you need to go to the game clubhouse. Join at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com where you could win exciting prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lesser Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort or a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. But you can't win if you don't join, so join the Game Clubhouse today. It's free. It's simple. So sign up today. All right, let's go to the Game Hotline. Hello. Hey, Foot, how's it going? Oh, not too good. <laughs> well, we talked about this earlier in the week. I wanted to give you a bit of a rundown on why we play the state championships with the Superdome because it's a very interesting history that dates back over 40 years, and uh, it can all be attributed to, to one game that occurred a long time ago. Okay, tell us about it. Well, in you know, in the early days of the Superdome, there had been a, a few games played in, by high schools. You know what? I mentioned in my uh, my write up there that South Lafourche played a quarterfinal game against Saint Og. Out of that game, you had Bob Bear who went on to play for the Saints, and Coach O was in that game. He went on to coach LSU. But um, the uh, two years later, in 1978, Saint Og and Jesuit were matched up in the Quad A finals, and they were expecting 40,000 people for the game, and there was nowhere to put the game. No, no stadium in New Orleans could handle that kind of crowd. So they moved the game to the Superdome and ended up getting a, a, an attendance of over 42,000. Wow. Well, while the game was going on, Bill Curl, who was the manager at the time, looked around and said, wow, if we get 40,000 people for this game, what kind of crowd could we get if we put all four games? into the Superdome. So he went to the LHSAA, and it took them three years of negotiations and contracts and all those kind of things. But ultimately, they moved it into the Superdome in 1981. Now, an interesting fact in between that time period from 1978 to 81 was that as the state championships were being played, they kept having to get moved to, to various locations and weather and big crowds kept making them move the games. Um, in 1979, you probably remember when St. Aug played Nish, they had to play Cajun Field because of the crowd they expected. And then in 1980, East St. John played Barb over at McNeese Stadium because of the uh, the weather. That was a reinforcing factor in them getting the, the state championships into the dome. Probably remember Lewis Lips, who played for the Pittsburgh Steelers all those years. Absolutely. He 
he was he was in that that fog game. That game was played in fog so thick they almost had to push the game to Saturday. Well, in 1981, they finally uh, came to agreement, and all four games were played on December 12, 1981, to start what we have now. They did that for a few years. Legend has it, I don't know if this is fact, but it's fun to talk about. Legend has it that after two or three years of four state championship games in the Superdome on one day, that John Curtis, the, the, the old man, the principal, not JT who coaches, but his daddy, went to the LHSAA because John Curtis was always playing the 11 o'clock in the morning game. And he went to the LHSAA, supposedly, and said, that's too early for my boys to play. So that's when they started splitting him, two on Friday, two on Saturday. And then uh, and that, that went on for, you know, about 10 years or so. And then in 1980, uh, 1991, the LHSAA expands to 5A, and we started going with two games on Friday, three games on Saturday. That first 5A championship, that was Thibodeau that won that over Neville. And, of course, everybody around here remembers when Kevin Falk and the Karen Bears beat Neville in 92 for the second 5A title. Right, and I think Crowley played in that one in 98. And St. Martinville played in that very first one in 1981. And then the next yeah, year, did. Eunice the first, won the first in 82. champions yeah. were uh, in that, that, that first year were uh, John Curtis, St. Martinville, Port Sulphur, and John Errett. Which to this day I still say John Eric eighty one was the best high school football team I've ever seen. But uh, no, they, it's fascinating know, the history of it. A, yep. After the expansion of five A, they they um, they kept doing that format, and then of course Hurricane Katrina pushed them to Shreveport. Right. They came back, and then in two thousand thirteen we had the split, and there's been a variety of formats, including. One thing they were doing for a while, the private schools were playing on the first Friday, playing four games, starting at 10 o'clock in the morning. And then the following weekend, you'd have the public schools playing on Friday and Saturday. And uh, I, I, it's back to normal. It's all back together now. So we have eight games. It's still a lot, but I, I think it'll come off without a hitch, and I think it'll be uh, good for the, for the school. Well, it should be fun. No, I appreciate that historical perspective. A lot of people, even those people who were around then, may have forgot some of those details. So it is it is cool. I, I do think there's something that's fun about playing on high school stadiums. But, no, I agree. I think it's been a great move. And playing in the Superdome is a great experience for the teams and coaches. So it, 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 it's it's been tremendous. So I appreciate all that info. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right. Um. And the guy from South Lafouche is an official, and we do a lot of complaining around here, especially on this show when the, when the officials don't do a good job. And, look, I, I'm not saying the officials did a perfect job last night, but, I but I mean, it was fair. I mean, I, I thought the officials didn't take over the game. They made some calls both sides. Some of them were kind of, eh. Uh, one, you know, one of the some of the calls that went the Saints' way, I was kind of, uh, and some of the calls that went their way, I was kind of, uh, but oh, I didn't think it was one-sided. I thought the officials did enough to allow the players to win the game. Uh, for a while there, I was thinking they were for a while. It seemed like it took almost the whole half before they threw any flags on the Yucks. But after that, it was fair, and uh, you know, I 
I, it was one of the things I asked yesterday. Just please, officials, stay out of it. And I think for the most part, they did. And I, you know, I appreciate that. I mean, they they allowed the teams to decide the game. Unlike the first game, I thought the officials took over that first meeting with the Yucks, and that was unfair. But uh, last night, uh, we complain when it's bad, and so when I think it's fair, um, or at least you know good calls and bad calls going both ways and not being totally one-sided. I, I, I can deal with, I can live with that. And so I appreciate that the NFL officials did that. It happened that way uh, last night. I'm, I wasn't even all that familiar with the guy who was the white hat. You know, we don't see him a whole lot, but no, I, I thought it was, it was at least fair. Now, you know, again, I still disagree with some of the spots and all that, but it was, for the most part, it was uh, it was fair, and they allowed the teams to win and lose the game. And of course, Mark Ingram took care of that for the for the Yucks. But um, I, I just don't. The rest of the year is just. I mean, just bye week. You know, the only good thing out of this, I mean, and last night was just. I think I think Nick's right. Historically, it's going to go down as one of the worst losses in Saint history. And it and you know they had so many chances to win the game, um, and the only good thing out of such an agonizing for me personally is that I'm looking at. I mean, my whole mindset has to change. I mean, I you know again, I I'm looking at no sports stress. Now life can bring you stresses in all kind of different ways. I'm just talking about sports right now. Um. I'm looking at no sports stress until next September because I'm, you know, we're going and uh, the Saints season is over. So there's, I mean, I'm going to watch the games, but there's no like sports stress. It's no heavy stress like there was last night because the season's over uh, from a competitive standpoint. I mean, I hope they win every game from here on out and it still won't do it, but they're not going to because the Eagle game is unwinnable. But it's, um, I'm gonna watch the games, but you know we know what, what the what the sit what the situation is, and so and then I've got a hammock season. Then I got you know the the natural break between football season and and the Astro season, and I'll watch a little basketball here and there, but it's not nothing that's gonna bring me stress, you know, one way or the other. I, I hope the Lakers do well. I hope the Pelicans do well, but it's not live and die with it like I do the Saints and the Astros, and then the Astros have a hammock season. So, I mean, I got no sports stress until September of next year. Other than, you know, I might get angry because they pick up someone or don't pick up someone, but even that you can't compare to being in a game and worried about a game and a matchup and the situation and a race and trying to get in the playoff. I mean, all that other stuff doesn't compare to that. So um, that part is good. So I'm I'm trying to make my mind, mind over matter, like, okay, you just it that was an awful loss. It's been a it's been two or three just agonizing seasons. I mean, just the you know, twenty nineteen was the worst season I ever experienced because you got cheated like unbelievably and then the last two seasons just been injuries and stupidity and just can't seem to get a break and just awful 
And so I'm trying to convince myself, just enjoy, what is that, um, nine, ten months of sports stress-free. Uh, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I mean, I, that's all I can do is tell myself that's going to be nice and you got to enjoy it. We'll take a timeout, come back, finish today's show on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the world champion Houston Astros. Welcome back to Footnotes. Kevin Foot on the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, your home for the LSU Tigers and the Houston Astros. Want to remind you if you if your Alexa or Google Home speakers helps make your life easier by helping you control your lights and thermostats and so much more, you can also do the same thing with the game and your radio listening. Just ask for Alexa or Google Home to play the game, Southwest Louisiana. It's that easy. Do the smart thing and have one, the game 1037, 1041 Lake Charles with you, home, office, wherever you go. All right. So we are we we talked to Coach Prejean today, and I wanted to try later in the week, uh, we're going to be – talking with Coach Murphy about the Cajun men's basketball program, Coach Broadhead about the Cajun women's basketball program, and what's going on there. We're going to be talking with Coach Trev Falk. It's scheduled to be in tomorrow, uh, Lafayette Christian head coach, and building up to that unbelievable Friday noon matchup, uh, select Division II state championship between the Lafayette Christian Knights and the St. Thomas Moore Cougars, and I – I, I mean, I, I mean, just, you know, our, our boy, Vin Scully, who's so highly respected, he used to say, pull up a chair and spend a Saturday afternoon with us for the baseball game of the week. I mean, if you pull up a chair, you, you better be ready because you're going to be sitting in that chair for a while, I think. I mean, it is. Though, I don't know. Those two defensive coordinators have quite a chore. You know, I think in that matchup, it's going to be so much about can you get just a few turnovers, like every stop, every time the other team punts or turns it over on down is going to be so crucial because both of these offenses are so explosive and so good uh, on so many levels that, you know, it's going to be interesting. Now, again, nerves can play into it, but these teams have been there. I, I just don't know how much nerves are going to play into it. Uh, they, I think it's going to be a fabulous matchup, but we plan on uh, scheduled to talk to – Danny Jones, our, who brings you and brought you the Cougars uh, for years right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette. So uh, lots to discuss to build up to that highly anticipated state championship game at noon on uh, on Friday. And uh, when the man, our friend from South Lafouche was just talking about how they used to have to play four games on the state championship day back in the 80s, uh, you know, nobody wanted to play that 11 o'clock game. And yet, so they change it. So noon is a little, eh. but like Brock said, um, when you're playing for a state championship, you don't quibble too much about the details. You just get ready and you go play. So we got lots. It's going to be good. Very busy. I won't have too much time to think about the Saints. So that's a good thing the way that that has worked out. Hope you all have a better day than me. Have a nice one.